Tonight's story is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction. Today we are canceling the apocalypse! Wait a minute, wait a minute. You ain't heard nothing yet. And uh, this is? Lilu Dallas Multipass. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Houston, we have a problem. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Now, where was I? Welcome to episode 126 of the Blokebusters podcast. I'm Paul, and today we're going to be talking about The Losers from 2010. And because he's the one that told me about it, kept asking about it, and made sure that I watched it, I figured I should have B-Rob back on to help me discuss it. How are you doing, sir? I am doing very well, and (laughs) you're officially a loser. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the only the only real time you can be pleased to be called that i think um, uh yeah thank you very much for that um, and yes yeah, so let's get all the nitty-gritty stuff out of the way so we can jump right in uh first and foremost if you want to uh, get a hold of us on twitter facebook instagram you can search blokebusters we also have a patreon called blokebusters the blokebusters podcast look for that you'll find it if you want to help us just keep the lights on here because they're they're dim like we need to replace them at some point but there you go uh yeah but seriously i'm not i'm not uh not gonna sit here and just you know ask you to please pull out all of your money and put it in just if you enjoy the show and you are having a spare dollar a month or something hanging around if you would be so kind as to throw it away it would really help keep us going that uh, um mm-hmm. uh, again not not trying to force you one way or another just you know keep it in mind you know if you you get a, a little bonus from you know a, a certain agency that uh, has given some money away recently you know just, just saying uh, <laughs> but yes uh, also you can check out our website blokebusters.com it looks somewhat snazzy i i do enjoy messing around with that uh, and uh, you can see some of the honorary blokes from the podcast and i believe b rob you are featured on that as well so uh, congratulations you, um, on top of being a loser you are also an honorary bloke so there you I go did it. <laughs> <laughs> um and yes uh after that getting to the nuts and bolts of this film directed by and i'm going to uh take liberty here since he is french and guessing it is pronounced sylvan white uh mm-hmm. and it is a budget of 25 million dollars and then since this was in 2010 this film did have a box office can you remember those they were fantastic uh, and uh this one made 29 million eight hundred sixty-three thousand eight hundred and forty us dollars worldwide so if you're looking at generally the rule of thumb is whatever the budget is, you also double that for promotion and everything. So technically, this film did not make all of its uh, production money back at the box office. So yeah, it actually, was a loser. Yes, indeed, it was a uh, a box office flop. Technically, even though 
in terms of reported budget, it wasn't one of those weird things that uh, you know, people that really enjoy that sort of stuff love, and everyone else is like, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but there you go. So, I guess my first question then is, B-Rail, what is it about this film that made you really champion it when you were trying to get me to watch it? Um, uh, obviously, you enjoyed it, but like... Uh, like, what was it about this film that made you say, I'm going to get him to watch it? I forgot what we reviewed before, and so certain elements of it reminded me of The Losers. I think it was probably Scott Pilgrim. Exactly, because uh, Chris Evans is in it. That, yes. That's the tie-in. That's the link. <laughs> so we were talking about Scott Pilgrim and Chris Evans in there and how he portrayed that character in that film. And I was like, you should see The Losers. Because as you've seen with your own eyeballs, Chris mm-hmm. Evans is just otherworldly when he's not Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, uh, one of my, my main notes really is that Chris Evans is just phenomenal at doing comedy. Like he's, he's got the timing down. Uh, <laughs> like Pretty much any role I've seen of his, which is has any comedic elements he'd knocked it out of the park and uh you know going way back when he was in not another teen movie and he was the handsome guy that was going to end up getting with the uh, the main protagonist and and yeah he uh, uh he did really well at that sort of meta humor there he was fantastic in scott pilgrim he was brilliant in this um and uh obviously as Steve Rogers, he was uh, he was just fantastic at that too. So yeah, the man can act, and the man is funny. So yeah, he is. So yeah, um, and uh, uh, probably at this point, then should touch on the cast because there's a lot of really good people in this. Uh, yeah. So we've got, as we mentioned, Chris Evans is playing Captain Jake Jensen who is the computer hacker. Uh, you've got Jeffrey Dean Morgan, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Franklin Clay, and this film came out a year after Watchmen did. Uh, yeah. So he'd already played a He's uh, an anti-hero uh, in that. So, yeah, it, it's well, it just came out the same year as Scott Pilgrim. It did? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lo- Losers came out 2010. <laughs> yeah wow uh, I didn't even think about that but yeah uh, yeah so he was working this back to back yeah he definitely was having fun and and at this point uh, thinking about it yeah he, he must have known that he was getting Captain America at that point so yeah wow he, he <laughs> this kind of does feel a little bit like he knew that going in there would be a lot of film so he was like I'm gonna get this stuff out of the way. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my fun stuff, and then and a, really yeah. <laughs> into it. And another weird um, film that a lot of people don't really talk about as well is kind of before Marvel really started to blow up was a film called Push that he was in, to where it dealt with a whole bunch of super powered individuals and everything like that. It was very comic book esque. I don't know if it was based off one or whatnot, but that came out a year prior in 2009. Yeah, yeah. Well, he 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 has done. I mean, and obviously he was the Human Torch in two Fantastic Four films as well. So yeah, 
yeah, he's he's been in a lot of the sort of comic book stuff that, and I I didn't really think about that, but interesting. <laughs> All it's right, just, cool. it's just dawning on me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to do a real deep dive into some of his back catalog because yeah, yeah, I didn't know he was in Street Kings either with uh, Keanu Reeves. Oh, okay. No, yeah, I didn't. Did not know that. <laughs> so, he was the voice of Casey Jones in Ninja Turtles. Apparently so. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, he is. <laughs> I'm looking at it. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Hold uh, um, oh, no, we're and, gonna go down a rabbit hole. We got to continue. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, I, I was also gonna say that the film Knives Out. Um, I really oh, wanted yeah. to, to cover that, with, uh, but uh, haven't yet made put that on the podcast might need to to figure out so we're yeah. doing that later but it's a good film yeah. yes it is uh, all right jumping back to the losers um so yes jeffrey Dean morgan uh in it and then also idris elba as captain william roke and uh zoe soldana another marvel alum there as uh, aisha al-fadil and then there's three other, well, I guess four other main people, um, lesser known to me anyway. Uh, Columbus Short as uh, oh, yeah, he Sar- does a lot of urban cinema. Yeah, as uh, Sergeant Linwood Pooch Porteous, uh, and then I'm gonna butcher this last name, uh, so I apologize in advance. But uh, Oscar Yanada, uh, possibly. Yeah, because yeah, the J is usually an H. Yeah. <laughs> As uh, Sergeant Carlos Cougar Alvarez, who doesn't say much. No. He's a fairly, fairly stoic individual. Uh, and then Jason Patrick as Max and Holt, McCa- Holt McCallany? That, that's a really McC- weird McConnelly. name. <laughs> McCallany. Um, McCallany. I know who you're talking about. I'm reading it too. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it, but you're reading it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and he is Wade Travis, who is Max's right hand man, and yeah, so so really, that this film kind of has some people who really like kicked off and became really big named. Obviously, you've got yes. Chris Evans, Zoe Saldana, and Idris Elba, all of whom are involved in Marvel and a bunch of other sightings as well. Um, Idris Elba, for people that don't know and don't follow uh, English shows, he it's is very the main British. character yes. in Luther. <laughs> yeah, um, Luther, that shit scared the hell out of me. <laughs> I did not know that he was uh, English-born and shit. So mm-hmm. I thought he was doing an accent for Luther, and I was like, wait a minute. Oh, no. That's that's where he's from. <laughs> no, absolutely. He, he is an Englishman. He has just uh, happened to do what a lot of English actors have done, which is come over to America, make things in America, and do things in an American accent so well that people don't know that they're not American. Goddamn uh, infiltrator. <laughs> yeah, and um, I, had, I I got into a bit of a conversation with someone about that. Um, uh, oh, must have been about a year or so ago. And uh, I believe the reason that so many English people are able to do convincing American accents and not the other way around is obviously in England we have we have a film industry and we have TV shows that are made and everything, but we import so much American stuff and we get so many American films and all of that that 
uh, we are definitely exposed to way more American accents and American actors than yeah. American people are typically exposed to English, uh, English people and stuff like that. Like obviously, you have PBS, which would grab the BBC shows, and more recently, streaming services have uh, opened that up to uh, a lot more people. Especially if you have Prime. Prime is very good at doing that, and oh, yeah. Netflix as well. But uh, uh, but yeah. Um, until yeah, over, the, over the next over the next decade or so, we're gonna have that that crossover appeal to where you're gonna have a lot of a uh, uh, American born people going over to like Britain and all kind of other stuff stealing your jobs. <laughs> I would literally pay to see that because <laughs> like at at this point, there's not too many American people that I can point to and say, you know what, they do an okay English accent. Oh yeah. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. did kind of okay, but it was just more him just mumbling rather than doing the accent. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I'll tell you what. Uh, in Doolittle, he did a he did a fantastic Welsh accent, despite the fact that the character he was portraying is not from Wales. Um, so at the very least, he can do that. It was it was not American, so there no, you go. No, it was not. <laughs> um, and his yeah, his Sherlock was i'll be honest i don't know what his Sherlock was supposed to be <laughs> i don't know what it was but it was it, it fit the character well and i i, I enjoyed it yeah no, absolutely yeah <laughs> uh but yes uh obviously jumping uh jumping back to to the losers yet again uh so all right then uh overall who would you say is your favorite character in the film, and not necessarily your favorite actor playing the character, just just your favorite character. Well, I'm gonna automatically discount uh, Chris Evans because we he he's, yeah. he doesn't count in the pit, in the pool. No. But out of the the cast that was given, I thoroughly enjoyed Max, the villain. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. I, should, I even enjoyed his henchman too. His uh his right hand man Wade. Yeah. It's just the banter and everything, and then just like you knew he was the bad guy, but it was just like the way he conducted himself was just—it was different. It was. It, it absolutely was. And I—I uh, I do actually find that really interesting because um, uh, I had a note down that I'm not—I don't think I enjoyed the portrayal of Max. Um, now, the dialogue. And everything yeah. that was written for him, and all of that, like he should have been my favorite character. Like the all, like the way that the character was written is my kind of villain. Like especially for a film like this, it it is literally comic book esque villainy um, in this thing. Uh, but I guess for some reason I just didn't enjoy what Jason Patrick did with it. Um, yeah. And, and I, 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 I don't. I'm not sure. I I think. Uh, it might be that his face <laughs> was just kind of bland. Like, he didn't really emote much. And I felt like the character, even though he was saying a lot of dry stuff, like, I feel like he yeah. should have had an expressive face. Yeah, well, um, there's traits of a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> True. He uh, he does do psychopath well, uh, which uh, we should probably... Be very worried. Um, yeah. but, uh, just, just even in, in that first instance when they introduced these two characters, Wade and Max, when they are walking on the beach and everything, 
this is what I didn't understand, and I, it didn't hit me till today when I watched it right before we got on. I was sitting there with my wife watching the movie, and he had a lady shading him. She was walking next to him, you know, holding an umbrella over his head, you know, to keep him out of the sun because they're walking on the beach or whatever. Yeah. So I guess the wind blew and kind of knocked her back, so he was unshaded. You know, she she did not do her job for the briefest second because it was an accident. Wind kicked her up. You know, it blew the umbrella and, you know, whatever have you. So he asked for his henchman's gun and shot the lady. Okay, villainy. Villainy at its finest. I, I can mm-hmm. understand that. That's some, that's some top-tier villain shit. But yeah. now you ain't got nobody to shade you, homeboy. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and... And that's another thing as well. You can see there's there's almost a childish thing of it. It's like the, the immediate slight and then he acts and then no real thought for the consequence afterward. Probably because he's never had to deal with consequences uh, given the type of character he is and yeah. uh, you know, clearly used to having the money to deal with anything. So, yeah, that, that was probably the first, like, natural consequences he's ever had to deal with it's like great now i'm in the sun <laughs> exactly <laughs> all right okay um the, him and wade their relationship though it almost seems like because i know uh wade mentioned later on in the movie about you know having to kill his brother-in-law or some shit like that yeah um that's it, it's a similar relationship between these two it feels like that to me like there's some kind of relation to each other you know like that's his brother-in-law or something like that that's kind of why, you know, he just offed his freaking shaded lady, you know, the umbrella lady for no apparent reason. And this guy jacks up as well. And he just kind of, man, come on, player. Yeah. You got to do better next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It it was interesting as well because I, I felt like I'd seen the person who played Wade before. Oh, yeah. And uh, technically I have because he was in Alien 3. And I've seen Alien 3. So I've definitely seen him before. Uh, It didn't really click, though, um, for me. It's a very odd, uh, like, but I feel like I've seen him in a bunch of things before. And I went through his his catalog of stuff and turns out I I haven't really, (laughs) other than than Alien. Uh, I, I've heard him in, in a few things. Um, he was in Justice League, the original cut. He was the bad guy at the very beginning that had all the freaking like exposition and shit while he was detained by Batman. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. I I need to I need to see that original cut then. I, I don't think I've seen that one. <laughs> you have not uh, seen the original? Not, uh, not uh, I said Batman, right? Uh, Justice League, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You said he was uh, explaining how he was detained by Batman. Um, the only other thing that I've seen that he was in Jack uh, is um, uh, Fight Club. I think. Yeah, Fight Club. Uh, Jack Reacher. I, I remember him vaguely now that we um, just calling out movies, and I'm just kind of placing his face now. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah. Uh, he. It definitely. I, I don't know if you've seen it. There was a, a film called uh, I Know That Voice. That was uh, created by a voice actor called uh, uh, John DiMaggio. And uh, the entire point of the film is going around and interviewing voice actors about the fact that everyone recognizes their voice, but no one has any idea what they look like. Yeah. And then there was another film that came out that 
funnily enough, I can't remember the name of. And it was the same idea, but it's for all of the actors that get all the bit parts and get all the small parts in big films. So, like, everyone recognizes them, but they don't know where. And oh, what <laughs> shit? I just realized who we, like, um, we talked about this not too long ago. Not me and you personally, but, you know, just in general conversation. The Tyson movie. Um, the original one with um, Michael Jai White playing Mike Tyson. He, the guy that plays Wade, was in the Tyson movie, and I'm remembering him now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so that was All way right. back in 1995, though. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, again, I haven't seen, haven't seen that one, so okay. Uh, so to... you need to know I have beef with that movie. Not with that particular movie, but a person. And his name is Jamie Foxx, because we all know that Michael Jai White is one of my favorite martial artists and you know you know actors or action actors. He's one of my favorites. And he played that role of Mike Tyson in that 1995 biopic of Mike Tyson. Now, we have Jamie Foxx who is trying to go back and play Mike Tyson and get the movie done again. And I was like, "Okay, you're taking away roles from one of my favorite actors." Also, mm-hmm. Michael Jai White starred in a film called Spawn. He played the main character. Jamie Foxx is also trying to get a Spawn movie remade where he plays Spawn. What the fuck he got against my favorite actor? He need to stop trying to steal his roles. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah, apparently, apparently Jamie Foxx is like, I like what that guy did. I'm going to do that. <laughs> Very odd. Uh, <laughs> Alright, I, I feel like that's... Uh, that's a conversation we can uh, we can probably have on another podcast then. Like, hell, let's do a... Uh, uh, Punch Jamie Fox in the balls. Podcast, we can just do that. <laughs> and you can uh, uh, you can have an entire segment where you just <laughs> go off on Jamie Foxx. I'll, I'll, I'll earmark it. I'll, I'll keep a day open for that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> uh uh, yeah, as per usual, we tend to go off on these yes, tangents, which I really enjoy. I love it. Um, but okay, so jumping back then for me to answer my own question, um, that, what was it, 20 minutes ago? Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think my favorite character in the film, uh, I, very, very difficult for me to actually answer that one because I have sort of two favorite characters and i i can't i can't really tell i like them for different reasons because i really enjoyed the the character of franklin clay i thought that mm-hmm. uh anytime you got to watch him uh it was just really interesting to see see him on screen and to see like the wheels turning as he's trying to work through everything that's going on and for the almost the opposite reason um like William Roke and yeah. uh, like I, I couldn't I couldn't really disassociate seeing William Roke with just Idris Elba because to be frank Idris Elba is very much Idris Elba in every single film <laughs> that he does yeah. uh, doesn't really matter what character he's playing even though the characters can be vastly different he, he's just Idris Elba <laughs> doing the roles um, but uh, but yeah like Watching his character throughout the film, and especially at the end, uh, like I, I really liked um, that thing. And and he got a 
fantastic bad CGI death. Yes. Uh, so, so yeah, and um, which that's what he act- meant when he said you're gonna die bad. He did. <laughs> yes, not not just that it's a bad way to die. It literally the CGI was bad. It's very meta. I like it. Uh, but but yeah, I I was actually gonna gonna ask about that because this film is based on a like a comic book series called yes. The Losers. Uh, and I have not read it myself, but I believe that they kept fairly true to the characters um, within the book, if not following the plot directly, uh, based on what little I've, I've managed to find out about it. But I, I felt that the slightly... As I said before, the, the comic booky villain, even though if you were trying to, say, do James Bond, it wouldn't work. It absolutely would not work having that villain in a James Bond film. It would be weird and not hit the tone. But this film, like, you know, it worked well for the film. Mm-hmm. The, the bad CGI that almost looked like... And I don't know, because this was 2010, so... Obviously, yeah. it was a $25 million budget. They didn't have huge amounts of money to spend on the CGI at the time. So they couldn't get the top shelf stuff there. Uh, but yeah. it almost felt like they were like, you know what? It's okay if it looks a little cheap. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because it's a comic book film. Um, and yeah, and I, I think they tried to make it you know, feel that way in certain aspects and whatnot. Just like a lot of over the top camera cuts and, you know, actually pausing and putting in some, you know, comic book elements, you know, like the panels and all kind of stuff. So it kind of lended itself to look more like a comic book than an action movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there are several shots and moments from here to there that you were like, okay, that's clearly taken directly from the comic book um and a few of the shots such as chris evans when he does see you know uh, i have telekinesis and i will i will shoot you and uh he ends up Mind shooting bullets. uh as a guard and then you get that sort of grin over the shoulder long zoom out to the um the group sniper just kind of wink at the camera <laughs> and drag back yeah. and say okay yeah th- this film is aware enough of what it is that you're able to really get into it now something i found a little little interesting looking into it so zoe saldana playing the main female lead in this uh, turns out she was actually required to gain weight because she was expected to carry weapons around for eight hours a day. Yeah. Huh. Like, I'm not 100% sure how gaining a little bit of weight helps you carry weapons around. Um, I, mean, I mean, muscle equals mass. So, I mean, if you put on a little muscle, you're going to gain weight. So, I mean, you're, you're stronger by proxy as well. So, yeah, they, I mean, they wanted her to buff up so, so she won't be all dandelion in the wind and everything. <laughs> yes, yeah, not quite uh, uh, Halle Berry and Swordfish. <laughs> well, I mean, seen some titties. <laughs> I mean, we actually seen them. I mean, you 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 got them teased in this one, but you saw them in that one. 
true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like it's it, it's this thing where you don't often see that. Like you know, you see, especially with people like uh, Christian Bale, uh, yeah. where it's like. Okay, they're gonna gain sixty pounds for this role, and then they're gonna lose eighty pounds for this next role, and all of this. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's. I think it was. Um, I think it's Edward Norton has come out and said he will never do that for a film because he has basically wrecked his body doing it. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, like you, you see that um, you know here and there. I'm not sure I've ever heard of uh, an actress being required to put on weight. Well, it's um, another instance to where that happened was uh, the main character in um, the new Terminator movie, Dark Fate, the the female Terminator or whatever. They required her to put on muscle, well, okay. gain weight, you know, as you say. So, I right. Mean, well, yeah. And, and, that's and they the showed thing. her on set, damn, just doing pull-ups all the, every five minutes and pulling, <laughs> you know, curling dumbbells and everything. And I was like, she she really put herself through it. And, oh, that, yeah. and that was a lot of argument for a lot of other people too, because they, the casting of Marvel, and everything, and we how we were talking about Brie Larson going on to be Captain Marvel and everything, and a lot of people want that lady from the new Terminator movie said that she would have been a better Captain Marvel. Yeah, I and it's like obviously it's it's difficult to, to in hindsight really gives say. you a lot of twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, yeah we. We're now used to Brie Larson as Captain Marvel, so now to say this person would have done it, and and I can see, I can definitely see what they're saying, just because she uh, like very similar, um, I would say in in appearance, and uh, uh, this one is yeah. more beefier, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, and I actually would argue like if they were looking for someone who looked as muscly as as she did in Terminator to then portray Captain Marvel, my argument would be that she isn't supposed to be overly muscly. Um, yeah, I mean, she's she was a fighter pilot, and then was yeah you know, the 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 warrior as it were. But she had the you know, the yeah the actual I, I, energy. I'm, I'm prior military and I have not seen like a Jack Diesel flight pilot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so. I mean, they're, they're fit. They have some that's physically fit or whatever, but I've never seen one like Jack to the gills and muscle on top of muscle or whatever because you can't fit in the cockpit, homeboy. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to see John Cena flying, <laughs> flying missions. <laughs> um, I mean, you might, but then he. Probably yeah. just be hunched over the controls, <laughs> and then it's a movie at that point too. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it's, yeah. I find it interesting, and obviously she, um, in, in preparation for for the role of um, Aisha, she did do the extensive weapons training and physical training yeah. and everything for it. And uh, I would say it shows because. You can tell she's actively doing a lot of the stunts yeah. in the film. I, I watched a little bit of that before uh, I came in here as well. That was one of the bonus features on there. They got all of the weapons, because I actually have the DVD Blu-ray set. So they right. have a whole vignette on their weapons training for everybody. And then they have a segment specifically about her because she's only, you know, you know, lead female in the cast. And um, 
you know, she has a background in dance and the, a lot of the stunt choreographers and the weapons handlers liked her because she had that background and it made her movements look a lot natural rather than a person that's just playing pretending shit with weapons. Yeah. Yeah. And that's always an issue in films like this because, you know, A, it's an action film. So it's always going to be slightly over the top and you're going to get, um, uh, for instance, like Tropic Thunder, where, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that that's where they take the piss out of that as well, where there's someone just standing there just firing weapons. It's like, you've never fired one of those in your life. You're just yeah acting it out for the camera and yeah there's only so much that training will help you if you're just doing weapons training um for a film like yeah if you're not actively firing weapons in all these different scenarios you're not going to know how they react in all of those ways and obviously having that dancing background as you say definitely would help in being able to move uh, and knowing how your body would move and that type of thing so and especially with some of the stunts that she has to do like it's uh it very <laughs> worked out very well for her to yeah. add all of that yeah extra she, she did most of it herself yeah yeah i mean that i would say there's not too many shots where you can't see her doing mm-hmm. it so yeah re- really well done uh <laughs> all right yeah, well, so what was that and i think um so what I'm trying to see what came next or what came first because what all right the so Avatar was before the losers which is weird to think about so I mean <laughs> yeah no yeah. I I quite clearly remember going to see that one in the cinema yeah that yeah. that was uh, all right that's the one I was looking for Columbiana that was um, a very action intense movie and everything and I believe um, the work that she put in and probably the losers more over Avatar kind of set her up for that role in Colombiana. Yeah. yeah. You ever seen Colombiana? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think if I've seen that one. Um, well, it's, it's another recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell you what, I will, I will have a, a look at that after we're done here and I will let you know if I have in fact seen that one or not. Uh, Very well. I'm, I'm going to guess that that one might have uh, passed me by. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I might have just, I might have seen it on a plane or something like that and just not really um, focus too much on it. So I will, I will get back to you on that one. <laughs> Very well. All right. Uh, now, yes, I, I obviously mentioned who was probably my least favorite character in this, um, uh, even if it was just, I, I guess I, d- I think I was looking for more out of a the comic book villain of the film than than we got, uh, even though he, in action, was very villainous. Um, uh, but how about you then? What, what character were you least interested in for this film? Uh, huh. I'm looking at him right now. <laughs> and, uh... and you're not allowed to say Pooch's wife. Since it's only hit it for thirty seconds. Well, I wouldn't say I didn't. I did. I liked the cast in here. I mean, there was nobody right. that really irritated me or whatever. But I will point out the one character that I felt so fucking bad for, and we and we had this conversation about other movies and everything because I've been hopping on a lot of other pie. I've been moonlighting on you. 
uh, <laughs> doing movie reviews in other places and whatnot. And this is one of the topics of conversation. Right. So people who get killed in these movies that have regular jobs. Right. So my person that got murdered for really like just doing this freaking job, the flight pilot in that bad CGI explosion. <laughs> yeah. He was just there. He's, he was paid to come there and fly a plane. He was just there to do his job, and he got a daggone a motorcycle in his freaking grill piece for his troubles, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yes, he did. That's a, that's a good point. Um, he didn't. He didn't. He wasn't trying to be a hero. He wasn't doing anything extra. He did nothing other than what he was told, and he died for it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, he he did advise. The only thing he he did advise against it because you know that's the captain in him, the the safety aspect of it. He's like, go run him over. He's like, but we don't have enough room. You know, being <laughs> logical in the situation. He's like, I don't care. Get room and turn around. Doing yes, sir. And he was just doing his job, and he got killed for it. He did. He did indeed. <laughs> and on on top of that as well, like genuinely thinking about it. Given the amount of room there was between the airplane and Clay at the end there, Clay could have just easily walked to the side. Like, it wasn't going to get up to speed that much to actually run him over. Uh, uh, not, not that that really and another thing that I'm now that I'm thinking about it, we're talking about senseless deaths and everything. The very beginning of the movie, the whole mission that got them fried in the first place. Yeah. So... They go in there. They're gonna kill, you know, get lays the um, base and have it carpet bombed and everything. But yep. you know, they had uh, civilian children there, so they uh, advised against it and they went in to save the children. Now Clay going there got the freaking drug lord in there, got a kid hostage, got him to relinquish his weapon. My issue is not with what Clay did because you know he defended himself and protected the child. He did what he was supposed to do. But the yeah. drug lord, he was getting murdered because he stole money, which, you know, occupational hazard, right? Yeah. <laughs> Why he just didn't tell Clay what the hell was going on, then Clay would have realized that, you know, this, you know, what the fuck was up. And then, you know, they could have got out of there and this could have been a whole different situation, you know. But yeah. no, no, he wanted to pick up a knife and, <laughs> you know, from what, over 10 yards away. Thought he was going to do something with it and got murdered for his troubles. Yeah. <laughs> which nah, he was going to die anyway if those kids wasn't there. So, yeah. Which is yeah. another interesting point <laughs> because what, um, old girl, uh, Zoe, she was going to kill him because she killed, he killed her father, but he was going to die anyway, regardless if he didn't do it. Yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, uh, like trying to follow it. I think she was under the assumption that her father died in the bombing. Yeah. Like, I, I think that was what the initial assumption was. And then yeah, when she, she found she, out that... He, he died in the bombing did. and Max was the one that ordered the hit. Yeah. And, and then when she found out that Clay was still alive, she might have thought, okay, what happened? And then found out more information and was trying to figure out, okay... Like yeah, what happened here? Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was something where it was like, okay, like I, and I get it. Yeah, you know, somebody. And then killed. she can't even really be mad at Clay because I <laughs> yeah. mean, 
it's his job. Mm-hmm. And you know who your father is and what he does. So, I mean, I know it doesn't change the fact that you, that's your dad, but yeah, <laughs> your dad do some shady shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And it, it's, it's interesting as well because I've tried to, to look up her character a little bit in the uh, in the original stories in the comic. And it seems like they lightened her up a little bit for the film, which mm-hmm. is interesting because um, you can't exactly say she's uh, she's a light personality in the film. Uh, but uh, based on what I could find, it seems that her entire MO is to leave zero witnesses. Mm. Um, and uh, slightly less so in this film. Um, but yeah, obviously... They clearly were just like, okay, we're we're gonna make it a almost a pseudo love interest. Like, not even. I never even really thought that they like that Jeffrey Dean Morgan's character was truly like into her. It's yeah, it's more just like, like they were just it was a fun. physical thing. But, uh, yeah, it was, but just, yeah. It, was just, it was just a physical thing or whatever. Because like that's the vibe it was. Because I, I have been in a. A similar situation many eons ago to where <laughs> we was just in the room with each other and that's what it was it wasn't nothing beyond that <laughs> oh, there you go folks <laughs> confirmation that that is exactly what was going on there but yeah, and then it was I... just like more of like she knew he was in charge so it was more like of a control thing you know just trying to keep him under the thumb probably but yeah i I genuinely enjoyed this film more than I thought I was going to, and I already thought I would enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I figured going into it, based on what little I knew, uh, you, you'd give me some information, but you hadn't really told me anything that would mm-hmm. um, spoil anything or whatever. And then, like, kind of looking at the cast, and uh, I didn't watch a trailer for it because I don't, I don't even do that anymore. Yeah, you know, it's no, just, you, you just can't. You really can't. Um, yeah. uh, uh, for instance, actually, uh, to jump off, um, I I ended up watching a film tonight uh, with my wife and daughter, which is called A Hundred Percent Wolf, uh, which is a, a sounds a interesting, film, uh, a kids animated film, uh, actually out of New Zealand, and it's about a a boy who is the, another in a long line of werewolves. And it's his turn to turn into a wolf for the first time, and he turns into a poodle, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and all of the shenanigans therein, and so on and so forth. But to try and convince my daughter that it was a good idea to watch the film, because my daughter happens to enjoy watching, as many parents have probably found out, the same things over and over oh yeah so <laughs> rather than branching out it's like now let's just watch this thing i've seen 20 times instead uh but we like just putting the trailer on that was enough to kind of get her interested in the fact that the boy turns into a poodle and that kind of that was the end but the trailer gave away many of the best jokes in the film as mm. well as many of the things that might have been more surprising if it was left out. And obviously it's a kids animated film, so there's not too many actual surprises um, yeah. in them. But but yeah, it, it def- it's a big gripe of mine for on just trailers of 
all sorts of films, from kids' film to full-on blockbusters. They just can't not put too much in them. I think, <laughs> I think the only trailer that I have watched as of recent, and I'm talking about the first time that they aired the, um, the trailer that I've watched, was the new Mortal Kombat and the uh, was that the Kong versus Godzilla, or Godzilla versus King Kong, or whatever? Oh, Those yeah. are the only two trailers that I have watched in recent time. I can't even tell you anything before that because I actively avoid the stuff, and especially because you know we deal in social media because we have these podcasts and everything. Yep. There's spoilers all over the goddamn <laughs> web. So anytime I see a still image or like, you know, you scrolling and the video start automatically playing, I'm just like, ah, ah, no, 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 no. Yes, la, 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 keep scrolling. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to, people start talking about it. I leave the room if if I can. You yeah. know, I just start, I try to change the subject. I don't, I don't want to know anything about anything. The only thing I want to know is the release, the release date and where I can watch it. That's the only two things I need to know. Yeah, the yeah the biggest problem I found is I haven't found somewhere that is just very good at saying here are the films that are coming out with a very like a blurb about them and the release date. Like I need to find that because I don't want to find something that tells me everyone who's in it and you know a whole plot summary because sometimes that even just that. Because I've seen enough of these films, like sometimes even that is able to be like, oh, there's a twist. Oh, yeah. great. Now I know that. I don't even IMDb things anymore unless we're doing something like this. But like right. new things? No, I don't even do that. Yeah. No, I, I never go on IMDb unless I've already seen the film and I'm just looking things up for it. Because um, it's just, it's not worth it. But yeah. <laughs> I just like to ge- be genuinely surprised and shocked and everything. Just Yeah. I, I'll tell you, probably both the funniest and also the uh, the hardest I've ever physically tried to stop myself from being spoiled on something was I was going to see Infinity War, but I wasn't going to get to see it for about five days after it came out, something like that. Yeah. Um, and I, at the time, was working in a elementary school. And uh, I, oh, work, no. I was working in a classroom with um, individuals with developmental disabilities. And so I was, you know, I would work with them in the room during, during the day and then take them outside for recess uh, or, or to lunch, depending on the, um, the day. And I was outside at recess, lining up with, with them, getting them to uh, you know, enjoy the outside for the small amount of time they were there. And it was the last recess of the day. And as I'm walking past this group of kids, two of them are talking. And one of them is listing yep. characters mm-hmm. from the MCU. And like I put one finger in my ear, led the kid away, just came, la, 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 let's go over here. Should <laughs> um, like try my hardest not to hear something. Now, it turns out that either the kid completely misunderstood the film or hadn't seen it yet because the list they were giving didn't match perfectly with the outcome of Infinity War. So I think they were they might have just been saying, here's what I think or here's what I thought was going to happen, and I happened to just miss the actual conversation. I had but, Endgame uh, spoiled yeah. for me on Facebook. 
Oh no. And it was further enough out or or whatever to where I think I forgot it. But I mean, even what I did saw did right. saw, did see, um it didn't take away from the movie, but I kinda felt that's what was gonna happen. Right. And it it was blatant as fuck. And this is how <laughs> they got me. They did it on purpose. You know right. how on Facebook you have the little GIF bubble, you know, the little circle in the middle that say GIF, and sometimes you got to press it to make the GIF load. Yeah. So it was one, and here I am, you goddamn women, you know, just giving in to my, my, my carnal urges and everything. It was, it was a nice-looking lady in the GIF bubble. So I pressed the GIF bubble, and I was like, oh, I wonder what this is. And it went from a attractive young lady to the scene of Robbie Downing Jr. snapping his fingers with the Infinity Gauntlet. Oh. And I was like, you son of a bitch. Sneaky fucker. <laughs> but it didn't spoil the movie so much for me because it's just like, because like at that point in time, the movie, I don't think it even came out yet because I went day one. And right. it was just like, this had to be some fanfic shit or whatever, you know, you know how the internet is. So I didn't, I kind of pushed it out of my mind as it being true. But sure enough, when I seen the movie, I was like, oh. It was true. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So if I know the day of that I'm going to see something or I'm going to watch something, I try to stay away from social media because some bastard, some bastard. <laughs> yeah. Like right, even right now as we speak, it's um, almost close to the witching hour. You know, so we, I guess we need to speed through this. But um, <laughs> King Kong versus Godzilla is about to drop on HBO Max and in theaters or whatever. I doubt if anybody going out. But there's going to be spoilers here in the next 30 or so minutes. Oh, and yeah. I'm going to have to avoid it all day tomorrow until I can get to a place to where I can sit down and actually watch it. Yeah. I mean, I, I do know, uh, for, uh, in case there are people out there that uh, are unaware that this is an option, uh, you know, if you are, are trying to keep away from certain um, like certain films or TV show spoilers or things like that, you can go into your Twitter and I believe Facebook as well settings yeah, and block hashtags and block certain things. So you, you can set that up if you wish. However, obviously, depending on how many things there are and how long you want to do that. And if you know some of your friends are going to be talking about something, you're going to be missing some of their things. Like, so, yeah, it's not ideal. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, but yes, just in case anyone didn't know, that is an option if you are willing to do so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I try and watch something as soon as I possibly can. Um, jumping jumping randomly to something. So I, I'm a big fan of uh, watching the second campaign of Critical Role, which is still going. And uh, it goes every Thursday with the exception of a few Thursdays a year. And I was in Florida in this last week so i missed this thursday and it's like even though i'm not actively following people that talk about it just because i follow a couple of their things and i liked a couple of their stuff like scrolling through facebook or scrolling through twitter i see people talking about it so it's like yeah. damn you damn it. <laughs> yeah the social media is definitely a double-edged sword in that regard <laughs> it really is and once again, uh, completely off topic, but, uh, but yeah. And I'm the one that recommended this movie. We talked about everything but this movie. <laughs> I, 
Yeah. I'll be honest, one of the best things I found having you on is that we d- we are able to get into these complete tangents, and, and I love doing that. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, okay, all right. So, is there anything else, really? Uh, could, obviously, we talked about uh, some of our favorite characters. We've obviously discussed Chris Evans is phenomenal, um, and, and some of the things that we we were less enthusiastic about. Um, is there anything uh, within the film itself that you really want to shine a spotlight on? Chris Evans. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was about That's, it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Absolutely fair enough. Yes, he's the entire reason you did <laughs> in the first place. Um, yeah, that, he's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, that, was, that was honestly and for truly, that was it. And it's a fun movie. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's just like, it's not hard. I mean, you know, other than the, the gripes I only did for show purposes. Right. Uh, you know, it's, it's a fun movie. I like it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, as I said, more fun than I was anticipating going into it, even though I knew I would enjoy it uh, just, just because of the nature of the film. And I can see some people not liking it but i feel like those people are the same people that like they have very specific things they want from their action films like they Mm -hmm. want an arnold schwarzenegger type action film or they want die hard or something like that like yeah yeah if you're willing to go into this film just be like look this is just a group of losers yeah a group of losers (laughs) with vastly differing personalities that all are on play in this film mm-hmm. and they all get their time to shine then like you know, you'll get it. it it's the film for you now and if it's something where you're like no i just want one man fighting against an entire army and coming out completely unscathed on the other side that isn't really for you yeah. <laughs> and um another thing i was like this is the um alternate universe for um, the kids in the the new it films okay that, that, that was that was my thing or whatever this is the losers that's what they called their group the losers so this is them yeah. growing up busting ass and being mercenaries <laughs> <laughs> interesting okay and just I'm looking at the rotten tomatoes on this thing it's like it's 49 percent critic score and it's 54 percent audience score so I mean it's it's a huh. good movie. <laughs> It just didn't do well at the box office, which, I mean, hell, that happens <laughs> nowadays or whatever. I mean, Venom was way better than it had any business being, but it got killed at the box office. It might be yeah. better now, but at the time, it was poop. Yeah, and I think this film possibly suffered from coming out before the MCU really kicked off. Because I feel yeah. like if someone had said let's say in 2013 Mm -hmm. hey we made this film it's based on this comic book series it's based on these characters and it's a more stylized like type film like that i think it would have done better Mm -hmm. but it obviously came out before the comic book renaissance so it kind of guess what and guess what it was a dc property so (laughs) yeah (laughs) You know they. You know how they do. You know how they play on that camp. Interesting about that, actually, because like, yeah, all of the DC films that have come out recently that have had the huge money towards it, and so many people go and see it that are technically 
and box office successes mm-hmm. have been terrible. And then you've got this one, which next to no money was put behind it, uh, relatively. Didn't do very well at the box office, but it's genuinely enjoyable. So it's it's yeah. so strange how how it just kind of doesn't work. And And apparently there were people drawing comparisons between this and the A-team. Yeah, I was that heavy vibes, heavy vibes. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's and it's like I get it. I mean, I didn't watch too much of the eighteen. I've seen the odd episode here, and, and it there. came out the same year, so that's probably another reason. <laughs> yeah, like it, the thing I saw it, it came out shortly after, so I'm assuming what happened was this film came out, and then maybe a couple of weeks later, the eighteen remake came out, and people were like, "Well, let's go see that because we know that." Like, yeah, yeah that's definitely a more well-known title. And I believe this this is just a bad releasing thing, you know, because I, I I can't put my finger on it right now. It was another movie that was really good, but they released it in a shitty spot and it did bad, despite it being a good movie. And it was kind of the same similar situation where they had a group of people that had uh, abilities. And then the next movie that came out that was more popular, it was a group of people that had abilities. I just can't recall the films at the time, but this this has happened many times before. And we look at the Metacritic for, I mean, not the Metacritic, the Rotten Tomatoes for the A-Team film, which was a 49% critic score and a 66% uh, audience score, which is uh, huh. lower, I believe, than The Losers. No, no, I lied. The Losers is lower. The lo- I would say, yeah. So, so The Losers did lose. I'm sorry. I, I recant that. <laughs> And again, it's interesting because I, I'll be honest, I never had any interest in watching the A-Team movie when that came out. And, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't someone that grew up watching the A-Team, so yeah, not necessarily something that um, yeah. was aimed at me. Mm-hmm. But even, I saw a trailer for it. I saw the people that were in it and how they were portraying it. And my initial thought was just like, I don't see this doing well like i i don't get it um whereas yeah. Yeah. i think i was drawn to it by name but also i wanted to see liam neeson what what he was going to bring to that role i was just like because this this looked awkward as hell <laughs> right i i may not know too much about the a-team but i'm moderately confident that you don't want the leader of the A-Team to be portrayed by someone with Liam Neeson's accent, Mm -hmm. which means either you're going to have a very strange um, Hannibal or Liam Neeson's is going to be doing an accent, which, which Liam Neeson in this, Liam Neeson Uh, in this film sounded like Optimus Prime. (laughs) Oh dear. I was like, yeah, I was just waiting for him to say Autobots roll out. <laughs> I I will say then that if you want a film where Liam Neeson kind of sounds like yeah, Optimus Prime but done very well, then you absolutely need to see a film called A Monster Calls. Yeah. And uh, if you have not seen that, then I I thoroughly suggest you find it out and watch it because it is phenomenal. <laughs> Noted. I'm putting that down now. All right. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. So, I, 80, 80, uh, since I'm on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, 86 freaking is certified fresh and an 81% audience score. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's kind of weird. 
those the two mo- movies that I mentioned previous that had a audience score of what a sixty six and a fifty four, but yeah. they had over a hundred thousand uh, ratings. This one only has twenty five thousand. So yeah. I mean, you get those low numbers. I mean, you have the opportunity to stay in the high thing. So I mean, yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's shenanigans. It's, it's, it's politics. They playing with the numbers. God damn it. <laughs> Yeah, and it's also um, uh, like oh, he it, he looked like group. Yeah, so it it is um, it is a an international film because it was made it with a combination of um, companies from Spain, the UK, and the US. Oh, I see. However, I don't feel like it really got a um, a big showing yeah, in the US. Either. So yeah, it it, it didn't. Did do huge in the box office, but hell no, nah. two point two million gross U.S. Yeah. Oh, because yeah, it, it, yeah, it did, I think it probably did a limited screening, didn't it? Or yeah, because it yeah, has just, streaming numbers on here too. It, it came out like two months later on a streaming platform. Yeah, it did. Um, it it did a really limited rollout. Um, to begin with, around Christmas time, and then a wider release at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but. But then it just kind of, it just kind of went. It did really well in all of the film festivals and things like that. Mm-hmm. But then it just didn't translate to box office draw, and you, you can, that's something you kind of find really. Yeah, <laughs> just just all of those because because you yeah, can't teach that. Um, it's just really, really well done. I mean, uh, like. I can't say too much about it without giving something away. Very well. But, uh, but yeah, the the main character is uh, fantastically played by uh, Lewis McDougal. Um, Liam Neeson is the monster um, mm. in it, and uh, and S- surprisingly, uh, no I got you. Trying to get MCU Paul in here. Uh, Tom Holland was the stand-in for the monster for one week. <laughs> Not sure why, but there you go. <laughs> He's just running up doing credits, the accolades. Yep. Um, and uh, and Sigourney Weaver plays the main character's grandmother. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's her name, grandmother. <laughs> yep, that's it. Grandmother um, and mum and dad. Yeah. Mr. Clark, Harvey. It's just basic names. I'm looking at the IMDb. Yeah, I mean, like they they do have named. It's just um, in terms of cr- credited, they're credited that way because the entire film is told from the point of view of the the boy. No. So, so the idea is that to him, that's, that's who, who they, they are. are. So, <laughs> um, gotcha. But yeah, definitely recommend that film and. To bring it back in, obviously we we recommend watching The Losers if yes. you haven't already by this point. Because uh, I, mean, I, I mean, it's it's really not that much to it. I mean, it's just a no. fun little romp it, from beginning to end. It's just the comedy, the action. You know, it's just it's just there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, including one or two fun little romps as well in the middle mm-hmm. of it. So, oh yeah, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, a lot of romping. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, not even in a rumpus room, just you know, going on there. Uh, but yeah, this film, as I have said several times, like, is way more enjoyable than I thought and definitely something that I will recommend to 
people much like you did just because especially because of chris evans and idris elba and jeffrey dean morgan like mm-hmm. the man probably at this point most well known for portraying me john winchester in- I mean, he should definitely be known for doing John Winchester, but unfortunately, probably most well known for doing Megan. Yeah, uh, Megan. I think it's Megan from The Walking Dead. Oh man, uh, it, it brought tears to my eyes when he came back to do Supernatural. Oh man. Oh, I was just like, that's freaking amazing. They brought the mom back too. His voice cracked a little bit. He got a tear in his eyes. Like, oh no, don't do this to me. <laughs> don't do it to me. Yeah, and. It, He's always been really good in the things that I've seen him in. Um, so, yeah, I, I uh, again, I'm going to have to go into his back catalogue and see if there's anything else that I can kind of just pull to, to watch from that. So, uh, Negan, there we go. It wasn't Megan, it was Negan. That's uh, what I was trying to say. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, the, just solid, solid character work, solid action of the time and low budget CGI, but yeah, it works. It really does work for for the film. And also, probably, I think my favorite moment with Chris Evans is the second credit scene, and I'm not even going to explain what that is. Mm-hmm. So, anyone actually interested, you need to go see it. Yeah, I'm going to ask you if you watch those, but yeah, it's a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I actually almost used uh, a gif of that uh, in the tweet I sent out. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, again, hardly recommend it. Go see it if you haven't already. Rewatch it. Um, if, it's on uh, HBO Max. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it is uh, definitely available for those that uh, wish to watch it. Also for people who are able to watch these things even without a subscription. At this point, it is coming up to 11 years old. So it is definitely available. So there is really no excuse for not being able to watch it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Also, on a side note, when I say HBO Max, um, check with your internet provider. Because depending on who your internet provider is and the level of your internet package, you can get HBO Max for free, like I do. Okay, I'm going to have to look into that then, because I, I used to have access to HBO Max, and then it went away a couple of years ago, but we have gone up a notch in internet since then, so I'm yeah. going to have to check in with that. I, I just found out about it, just going through my bills, seeing where I can cut corners or even increase my internet speed. And I was just scrolling through the pamphlet, and there it was, HBO Max, free with your service. I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> and if you have Xfinity or Cox, I think those are in the regional, it may be, you can right. get, a, I believe, either Paramount or Peacock for free with your uh, select service. And if you have Verizon and you get a new Apple device or something like that, you can get your first year of Disney Plus and or um, Apple T Apple Plus or whatever the fuck Apple TV Plus or whatever oh, yeah. the fuck you can get either one of those for free for a year. Interesting. Okay. Ain't I no know. reason out there for you not to be watching movies. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, after all of that fantastic consumer advice, uh, why don't we jump to then? Where can people find you to get more said advice or anything else that you are doing? 
if you have Xfinity or Cox Cable, you can. Now, <laughs> I might be free with your cable package. You can um, find you on Peacock. Yes, you can find me on the cock, the Peacock. That is. But if you can't find me on any of your streaming platforms as of yet, because I'll get there eventually, you can okay. find me on uh, various social media platforms to include Twitter at 3R Show, Instagram at the 3R Show. And um, for anything else that I may have forgotten to mention, you can go to randomrob.com because I am the host of the Random Rambles with Rob podcast. And that's where you find all the things and whatnot. Indeed, yes, and uh, yeah, do do go visit. It is a uh, a nice little place, and uh, definitely some very random podcast you got going there. So, yes. <laughs> always a joy. <laughs> and uh, as I said at the beginning as well, with us, you know, just search blockbusters, you'll find us. <laughs> really, we're, we're we're all over the place at this point. Uh, and as always, yes. Thank you guys very much for listening in. It is wonderful to know that there are people out there listening. And thank you, B-Rob, for coming back on yet again. You're definitely a, a frequent flyer at this point. Yeah, and I'm, I'm trying to get that uh, first class seat. <laughs> yes, uh, don't worry, that will be with you within the next five years. Um, very well. Uh, maybe once you've worn out the uh, the one that I actually saw you, you posted a sped up video of you putting one together recently. Yes. <laughs> So, uh, yes, once you've worn through that one, we will consider getting one sent out to you. Very well. <laughs> I, I'll put a, I have a pin on it. I'll, I'll keep a note for it. Okay. And yes, so with all of that being said, uh, once again, I have been Paul. I have been Rob. And we will see you next time. Bye. In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Hang on a minute, lads. I've got a great idea. Uh, Louis? I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.